988 has been designated as the new three-digit number to connect you to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. You can reach the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline by calling, texting, or chatting with 988. You'll be connected to trained counselors who will listen, strive to understand how your problems are affecting you, provide support, and connect you to resources if necessary. So if you're feeling suicidal or in crisis, call, text, or chat 988. Hello, this is Dan Kalak, member of the Palma Band of Lusanyu Indians and the Chief Medical Officer for Indian Health Council over the past 19 years. Miriam, may we all wonder and be blessed by the energy created by the life around us, perpetuated and created from our ancestors and their ancestors for time immemorial. We recognize the Creator's hand is all that we see, feel, think, and do here on earth and in our short existence. We treasure our time together and we wish each other peace, happiness, and long life. For love, health, time is all we have here on earth. We relish our bodies, minds, spiritual being, and our consciousness, drinking in our reality with the ones we love and making a good place for our people is paramount. For our earth, our animal brothers and sisters on earth, the ocean, the sea, and the unseen that share our space, we treasure your existence. For our children we love, live, and last one more day, if not for ourselves, but for our generations to come forever now, on earth, and to the universe end. Michonne Lovick. Welcome to the What About Life podcast. I'm your host, David Dawson, Marketing Director at Indian Health Council. I'm joined today by Lisa Sherman, our elder navigator. How are you doing, Lisa? Hello. Good afternoon. Thank you. How are things going, Lisa, before we get into our guests? Oh, great. Uh, just busy planning the veterans event. Um, we also have the Medicare workshop coming up um, October 12th. And yes, the veterans luncheon, which is November 3rd. Nice. So looking forward to anybody that wants to come and we're open to all community members. And that's what I've been working on. And yeah. And if people have any questions for you, how do they get a hold of you? Um, my extension is 5281. 5281. The number here at Indian Health Council is 760-749-1410. So we are, uh, we're going to dive into potentially some heavy topics today. Yes. We, we've got, uh, we've got a, a, a first time guest on the podcast joining us in my office. Yeah. The podcast studio is my office. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think that's a secret necessarily, but, um, Jaira, hi, welcome. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. You, uh, you're new here, right? Like, All together? <laughs> I am totally new here. How new are you? I like, started working here on August 28th. That was my hair date. So, nice. Um, not yet. A, a month today. Almost a, a month, month today? A month today? A month tomorrow? Today's... Today is the 28th. Today is the 28th. Yeah. So a month today. Happy month, yeah. month anniversary. <clears throat> thank you. <laughs> so far, so good. I love it. Um, I am the new... Um, DVSA, Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault uh, Program Coordinator within the Tribal Family Services Department of Indian Health Council. So happy to be here. Um, I came from a small island on Guam where I did the same kind of work. Um, and so to be able to apply here, it's been great. And everybody's been very welcoming, very supportive. And I'm, I'm looking forward to what, what 
more I can do here and what I can learn here. Awesome. Um, so you're here to talk about DV. Um, what exactly is domestic violence? Like, you know, um, we know, I know people throw the term around and I know it's like a hot topic and, mm -hmm. and like we have to write it out as DV for social media and stuff. Otherwise we get uh, our posts taken down and whatnot. Oh, yes. Um, well, most people know what violence is. So it's an act of um, intimidation um, to intimidate, to cause harm. Um, to somebody and so attaching it to the word domestic it means it's happening in the home within like a family type environment um, it used to be called family violence but um, because of the different types of home uh, situations where people have uh, multiple families living in the same house friends living in the same house extended family living in the same home um, it's no longer just the nuclear I guess your traditional <clears throat> more broadly understood uh, term for family so they changed it nationally to domestic, which is happening in the home, um, some more that kind of environment. And so... And when we say in the home, we're not just speaking about spouses. I mean, it's... Correct. Boyfriends, Correct. girlfriends. Yes. Parents, children, parents children, uncles. The whole bit, right? Yes. Yes. Um, you also mentioned uh, in that, obviously, violence. People think of physical violence when they hear the term, but you mentioned intimidation. Mm-hmm. Um, so threats, um, a, a, a look that could lead somebody to think that they were going to get hit or harmed if they continued with the whatever action caused that look in the first place. Um, there's also sexual vi uh, violence, so rape, essentially, or um, using it, being coerced to do something they don't want to do, um, verbal, emotional, financial even. Um, so it's a lot of just things that are unwanted, basically, mm. but from one person uh, being caused by another person or um, forcefully placed on another person. So we touch on all of that, um, and one thing can lead to a whole other thing. It could start off as an argument of verbal assault, uh, making fun of you, causing you to feel belittled, um, intimidated, and then just a, a pattern of that occurring that actually essentially is more about control and power that one person has over the other one. So right. they're using those tactics to cause the other person to do what they want them to do, to whether it's sex or give them money or you know domestic chores, sometimes um, in in the home, um, yeah, it's just, it 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 ends up leading up to or could potentially lead up to more physical harm, right? So and criminal. If, am I correct in in the assumption that it often starts out as kind of just a power and control thing, mm -hmm. a removal of a person's own self sense of agency? Um, if you will. Um, and as that progresses, as the abuser gains more and more power, eventually that can lead to far worse things even yes. than just the mental abuse that you're experiencing. Oftentimes that evolves into physical abuse too. Yes. And then um, over time, it just becomes something that they're comfortable with or expect. And then it just becomes even something they can't get out of. So like a spiral. Um, and then, of course, with children are involved, you know, it goes down that ugly path where everybody is feeling intimidated and, and there's always a constant threat of being harmed or being um, coerced into doing something or for violent acts of violence, physical violence to occur in the, ho in the home. <clears throat> Excuse me. And yeah, and then it becomes just a mind, a mental, traumatizing, very difficult situation in the home life and then that in itself can expand into other places where 
the children not having a good time in school, having difficulty socializing, you know, they cannot succeed, you know, and so, you know, it's really a, a big thing that can start off really small, but over time can lead to really difficult situations to get out of and to address. When we're talking about children, um, especially, you know, I'm not a parent, Lisa, you're a parent, so maybe you have some insight on this, but at what point does disciplining your child cross over into abusing your child? Like, because, you know, I remember I got spanked when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. And sometimes a smack on the rear was like, that's what I needed, and it was good. And then there was another time where my mom, like, beat me to a, you know, red solid red, red welt like my whole body was just a big red welt that obviously was over the top right like mm -hmm. where is that transition line for people you know like you know because a kid a kid isn't always great at being able to express hey you've gone past the line where i'm comfortable and okay and now you're abusing me like what should a parent be looking out for when they're going through that process with their with their family and their child and you know maybe i've stepped over the line I think um, I think now I know I grew up in that time where <laughs> you got you got punished or disciplined. But I think um, from what I understand, more publicly or legally, um, um, correct me if I'm wrong. But the if there's a mark that's left, if there's um, if it's like constant, regular, um, and then like you said, you're not really as a child, you're not able to say, well, this is you've stepped over the line. You know, I, I didn't really do anything. It is a, a discipline. It's something that happens between the mother and, and their cultural, you know, preferences or beliefs. Um, but definitely think uh, punishment that a physical punishment that leaves marks um, from what I understand is is a no, no. It's um, leaving marks in the like more sensitive areas. Um, that's a no, no. So like, excuse me, like the limbs can handle kind of tougher, um, tougher uh, physical discipline than, say, your torso, you know, more inner, your that right. are closer to your internal organs and things. So there's that. Um, I'm not the child, um, maybe child services would, <laughs> would have more information on that. But, well, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just a yeah. thing I always wonder because, you know, like... That's a good question. No, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you know, we've, we've, we've moved... And rightfully so, we've moved to a place where we protect children. Mm -hmm. we, we try to protect children better, you know. But like mm -hmm. I remember, I was a yeah. kid. I, yeah. I was sent outside to get the switch off the tree for myself. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, the slippers you go, being thrown at yeah, you. Yeah, you go pick things. the stick off the tree. That's going to be what we used to smack you with. You know. Like, and it, you and know, that was thing. that was really common. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, and not really talked about. It wasn't something that you went to the police for or or called. But I think the other thing, the other flip side, is that. The other concern, I think, is that when nowadays, um, you know, uh, our parents are kind of fearful or are concerned with their, ch their child um, calling protective agencies on, on the parents, you know, right. like maybe it is necessary, but then now the who has the control <laughs> in that right. sense. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, with, with what we have here, the, the, the key is to uh, prevent the more prevent it. And it's definitely to educate the public because right. people, like I said, they grew up with it. It, it happens like grandparents, my great grandparents, you know, use the same discipline style that my parents do. But what makes my parents' discipline style uh, a form of abuse? You know, is it, when is it over the top? And the, the, 
the way that we would like the public to know um, about domestic violence, that it, it does occur. Mm-hmm. It is something that um, you may not know that it's occurring. And what are the signs? Um, because it is up to kind of that person to determine, you know, this is too much and I need to do something about it. Um, there's no, it's not the same thing for everybody. There's no like one shoe fits all, one blanket to, you know, kind of cover all forms. Um, it's, you know, every household is different, you know. Yeah. Um, when you say <clears throat> household, now, are you referring to like we're in a household? What about like, um, like for me, for example, mm-hmm. I, when I was moving to the reservation, it was like I felt like I had to protect myself. And, you know, like there's other people like my mom's like, you need to learn how to fight and blah, blah. <laughs> and I was younger then. Right. And I've had people attack me, you know, call me names and <clears throat> and um, they weren't I wasn't in a relationship with them, but it was like. It was like I had to learn how to defend myself. But then now I look at it, I'm so much older and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm just going to call 911 now. <laughs> you know, somebody <laughs> is going to try to, you know, toss me around or something, you know, or come after me and do something. You know what I mean? Is that is that considered domestic violence? Like somebody well, there's like, also community violence. So if it happens yeah. in the home, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Um, but like say it's like your neighbor or somebody at school or at the park that, you know, is doing that to you or constantly doing that to you. Then, of course, there's um, methods to address that. It, it is more of a community type because it's outside of the home Mm -hmm. um but that does occur and yeah you're you have every right if you feel like you're being violated to contact the authorities um but knowing where you draw the line yourself and what isn't appropriate versus what is like you know things between friends Mm -hmm. you know that and then just knowing what what i think i think one of the key things that um is important when it comes to domestic violence because there is such that like that kind of gray area is is knowing when to say something about it. Like if you see it happening and it, it isn't appropriate, like maybe um, I don't know what are the, some of the common slang words that are used to like um, catcalling mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Like um, calling calling people girls a b word. Mm-hmm. You know, some things when you're younger it becomes like a little bit like oh it's just fun. We're just having fun. Mm-hmm. But I think now when you learn about how that starts as fun and becomes something that's more normal in other conversations, it needs to kind of stop, right? Like, if I keep saying that it's normal with this group, with us three talking, for example, but then I go out to another group and start using that same word, you know, like, it, it just continues. But if I say this where I'm comfortable and I say, hey, you know what, that doesn't fly here. Like, I, I don't appreciate that. I don't like it. I don't want to be called that. Mm-hmm. then I can go off and it'll be easier for me to like kind of stop it somewhere else kind of thing. So it's just knowing that like, okay, it, it was fun at one point, but <laughs> it isn't anymore right. kind of thing. Like that's, that's kind of where I think we're going to, because that's how it'll end up stopping, mm-hmm. you know, just saying, Hey, I don't appreciate, it. I don't like it. And, and, and being, that might be the one thing that you do, but you know, that, that could be a, a step in that right, the direction to put an end to it. So do people normally get embarrassed to report situations or feel like it's their fault mm-hmm. or, you know, like, are those oh, some yeah. of the barriers? Or they go back to the perpetrator yeah. as well. You oh, know? yeah, very common. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's difficult. It's a very difficult thing, especially if it's somebody you love, somebody you have a lot of history with. Or children know? with. Yeah, or multiple children with. Yeah, of course, because, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Um, there's there's a, a risk of 
them, that person going to jail, mm-hmm. you know, and who wants to put their children's mother or father into jail where they, and, you know, they're, they're worse off. Because will the kids, kids be worse off without having a, a mother or father there present or having one that, you know, abuses them or abuses the, the spouse? So a lot of tough decisions. <clears throat> Excuse me. But yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, something that does definitely occur a lot and that's very common. Um, and it's ultimately up to that person. If they want to go back, they should be allowed to go back. And then when it's time and right for them, they should be able to walk away or do what they need to do to get out of the situation. But, um, within the, the DVSA community and, and advocates and supporters, it's very, um, the push is to, to number one, believe that the victim, believe the survivor um, and their story, and then to allow them to make that decision. You give them the information that they need, the resources that are available, ways that you can help them, their options, and then allow them that 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 option to take the control. Because remember that the whole relationship, if it's been an abusive relationship, is about removing that power and that control from that person. And so to give them back as an advocate or a supporter, that's how you can kind of empower them so they can make the right decision. Yeah. They have to successfully break that cycle of giving up their power. Yes. Yeah. Whereas if you kind of come in and swoop in and I'm going to do this. This is what you're going to do. You got to do this. You're going to take care of this. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. Yeah. It's kind of like you're. You're you're just replacing one form of control with another. Yeah. You are. Yeah. Yeah. As a bystander, how, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're seeing things going on, like what, what, what are some like things that bystanders who are, who are observing abuse should yeah. be aware of. Um, that's a good one too. Um, there's actually a, a training that you can attend to or you can watch, um, but there are a few things that's just p- pretty much, it's really easy and you don't have to really step in or do anything or get too involved or physically involved, but um, identifying that something is wrong. Um, you know, if you see somebody at a bar, at a store, one person is kind of harassing another person or, or whatever you feel like. You see that the one person is feeling uncomfortable, wanting to walk away, getting pulled back in the situation. Um, you know, just recognizing it as one and then internally recognizing that you, you have responsibility, a personal responsibility. You can either do something or not do something. Will you be okay with the result if you don't do anything? Will you be okay and will you be accountable for what happens if you do do something? Um, because you're going to be the one making that action. Um, and then the next step is to to take action So what, or decide what you can do. Um, and there are various things. If you don't want to get too involved, you can cause a distraction to kind of turn people's away, attention towards them or to turn their attention away from each other. One tactic, if like you're at a bar or something, for example, and you just kind of see that person and like pretend you know them, call them over. Hey, I've been looking for you. You know, um, I heard your mom's looking for you. Come with me. Come with me and get that person separated from that the person who's harassing them. Um, and then telling somebody or telling somebody. So calling an authority or or um, calling police or bringing them to the situation. So you could always. If you don't want to do something directly, um, then you can ask somebody to come and help you with that. Well, it's interesting. I worked as a security guard once upon a time, Mm. a long time ago. But uh, it was interesting when I took that job on that we were trained not to jump Mm. into a situation. Our job was to observe and report. Oh, wow. Right. Um, 
because that was the best and most effective way that we could help somebody <laughs> was to observe and report and be able to be the kind of like the outside eyes. Whereas if you kind of jump into the situation, you know, you can make it worse. You can yeah. elevate it and, and then it's even more of a problem. Um, but if you observe and you report and you're the person who's willing to call 911, you know, to get the, the actual <laughs> authorities, out, yeah. the authorities out. Um, then that's that's your most effective means of, of helping. Um, so it sounds like it's a little bit of the same thing. Like, you know, keep your eyes open, pay attention, yeah. observe. If you see something that should be elevated to authorities, make the call, mm -hmm. stay on hand, keep an eye out, create a diversion if you can, but maybe don't jump into the mix necessarily. Yeah, yeah, you know, definitely, yeah. <laughs> um, use common sense. Because an already sense. violent person can become more violent. More violent. Now they're going to be violent to you yeah, too. Yeah. So you don't want that for your own safety, of yeah. course. Yeah. So, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. good to know. Um, so what are some of the resources that you um, can offer here? Um, so for those who are seeking services at um, Indian Health Council, we offer advocacy. Uh, we can refer um, to other more supportive um, agencies outside of um, IHC. Um, for example, um, like housing supports, uh, work and employment um, training um, agencies and organizations, um, long-term housing. Um, we can provide emergency shelter for somebody in crisis. Um, Excuse me. We can provide um, some basic needs. Um, so if they need a blanket, they need clothes, clothing, um, personal hygiene type products, um, safety, um, a safety bag. We'll provide them with a safety bag, um, especially if they're leaving their their home or their their place of residence for um, right away. Um, um, we can. Uh, uh, we have a DV therapist, so domestic violence therapist um, within the behavioral health. Uh, department mm -hmm. here and so um and then we have a support group mm -hmm. that happens um every it's um every wednesday and thursday i believe starting in november we're going to have a weekly um support group um wednesdays here at rincon and thursdays up in santa isabel is that gonna be weekly okay. weekly in november in right november. now it's um every it's the first third and fifth week yeah yeah. Oh, it's going to be nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that way, if you miss one, you can come to the next week. Mm -hmm. um, and they have different types of therapeutic um, arts and crafts and different topics of, topics of discussion that will help the women that att um, attend that. It's the Women's Empowerment Circle. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, j just, yeah, just FYI, mm -hmm. Jaira is taking over Carrie's spot, Carrie oh, Wolf. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I know there, there's some fans that are out there that um, do like, that women's empowerment. <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to, that's nice that you're going to be doing that um, weekly. Yes. Uh, so uh, I'll be working with Aly Alyssa, mm -hmm. um, the therapist uh, on that. I attended uh, last week, um, but we didn't have any, I didn't get to meet any of the women who attend that regularly. Mm -hmm. uh, so hopefully in the near future, I can meet them and then we can get to know each other and, and I can see how, how much more I can support them. Um, I can help with safety planning. So one of the steps before a person leaves um, or even knows that they need to leave a situation or a dangerous situation is that um, to provide to uh, get a plan together. Um, so we help with um, providing uh, a checklist or helping them put a plan together what they need, because 
you know, it's difficult in the heat of the moment to make sure you have all of your things, all of your medication, all of your finances in order. Um, so to if like, you know, you kind of have an idea, we've been talking and, and, and the person is getting that idea that, okay, I think it is uh, an option, a viable option for me to get out of the situation. We can sit down and I can talk to them about what is it that you need, who has, you know, what are the bank accounts, you know, you need copies of your social security card and on all of that so and it um, is those things that oftentimes lead to people staying in abusive situations because mm-hmm. they're just so scared of all the things that they have to keep track mm-hmm. of you know i won't have access to my money i won't be able to put a roof over my head you know i i'm gonna lose everything that i've got that yeah. stuff really yeah. keeps people in those negative situations mm-hmm. a lot longer than they probably should be Oh, yeah, um, for sure. So that kind of planning, that kind of safety planning, you know, is really vital to making you feel secure and taking that step. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you can also get an idea what where things are. What's what's your actual, you know, what is what's the uh, what is the landscape that you're living in? And what is it that you can control, you can change? You know, we can make copies. We can always order, reorder social security cards and things like that. Like what is really um, out of control? What is? What do you think is out of control? And you can actually have a little bit more better grasp on it, at it and do something about it. Because it, sometimes it just needs, you just need that support to tell you that you can do it. And what are the options and what are the ways that you can do it? Um, and then I'll help you make some different decisions for yourself and, and you know, open up some doors. Yeah. But, yeah, we want to provide that in, in a safe, you know, and, you know, a safe environment. Of course, if you're in a in a place where you're always anxious, intimidated, nervous, um, it's very difficult to think those things through. So to be able to come here where it's nice and, and, and peaceful and supportive, then, you know, even if a person comes in here and, and they may know everything, they may have everything under their own control, but they just can't have that time and that peace to look at it, you know, we offer that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for sure, that that's definitely one of the key steps is to just kind of laying it out and seeing um, what is it, how can how can you be, not be under that person's control anymore? And that's another reason why they're in that situation too sometimes is because that person just takes all that control and that, you know, it's a... Well, there's mm, a lot of gaslighting that goes on, right? Like, oh, yeah. you can't survive without me. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I've heard, I've heard men say that to women (laughs) i've heard women say that to men too i mean it goes both ways but but very often i've heard men say that to women like oh you you know you wouldn't be able to do anything if i wasn't around and it's it's like that's not true correct it is (laughs) we're all capable of of independently surviving Mm -hmm. on our own Mm -hmm. we we have to remind ourselves of that sometimes i think Mm -hmm. um but yeah I, i think taking that step of like just thinking it through ahead of time, you know, because oftentimes the decision's made in the heat of the moment, right? Like, yeah, like I need the, to go now. Where am I going to go? Person, that get up person's and leave. going out to get a beer or something. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, I've got 10 minutes yeah. to get out. Yeah. Um, but if you have a, a, an emergency bag planned already, at least with a couple of pairs, you know, underwear, hygiene products. Just enough you know? forethought that you yeah. have enough to get out and, yeah. and be Grab comfortable until you can land on your feet. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because like I said, there's a lot of things that um, you may not, you know, official documents, right? Take a lot of time, but there's support and there's help for that. Right. And there's a lot of people, a lot of support in the community um, for things like that. So um, it's not, it's not uh, impossible. Right. Um, a little bit of hardship should not deter you from removing <clears throat> yourself from a bad situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that little bit of hardship is going to be temporary, whereas this bad situation could be a permanent problem. Yes. 
Yes, it can get worse. But again, there's ways um, around it. And then there's ways that uh, we want to be able to educate and um, spread the awareness to the community. Because the more people that know what resources are available, especially like the, the ones that are here um, and the ones that are in surrounding other um, tribal communities, um, the better, uh, more the more educated a decision a person can make about them, you know, what they need to do for themselves. Yeah. And so there is a lot of support and it's great. Like there's a consortium, there's a lot of, we all work together. So we may not be able to provide like, for example, we don't have um, permanent housing here, mm -hmm. but another tribal um, agency or organization may have it and may have the resources available for us to be able to refer them over there and then right. we'll help each other out. Right. Yeah. Um, speaking of youth, are, are there any programs available for helping youth like identify uh, an unhealthy relationship? Because teen dating is a, oh, it's a big violence thing. is a is a big problem too. Um, are there programs available here for for teens that are are kind of just venturing into the world of relationships and aren't aren't well oh, equipped? Yes. Right? Like, <laughs> you don't know what you don't know, and then suddenly you're. Well, in I the wonder, is it right? like cyberbullying? I mean, I, I'm mm -hmm. not young anymore, so what what it looks like <laughs> what teen is dating it? or what? Is AI? I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have we do have um uh, as part of our program, I'll be going out and and giving some presentations and training and workshops on unhealthy relationships, specifically within the youth community. So. Um, um, yeah, so there, there are, there's curriculum out there that it is a pretty big hot topic. Um, and it is like kind of the beginning where you start dating, like you said, and then, um, it may turn into a more serious relationship and a more long term. Um, and so we want to make sure that, uh, and the foundation is very healthy. And what does that look like? So yeah, uh, we will be work. I'll be working with, um, our, Health and Education Promotions uh, Department. Um, I'm working with Lisa also to uh, go out and do outreaches and presentations and spread information. So I'll be out there. I will be uh, specifically targeting uh, youth kind of groups, uh, different schools, and working with them to see what their curriculum is like and then what kind of curriculum we can offer and try to make it like a uh, a fun, fun event. So it's not super heavy and boring. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's a hot topic. It's hard to discuss with the youth who are just kind of like want to have fun. And of course, um, but, um, you know, it does happen. It, it, we do want our, our young people to be super safe and to know what they're, what they're getting into, to know what they want for themselves. And so if we can go out there and get them that information, um, the, the better it'll be. That's good. So October is uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Yes. Um, what uh, what sort of things are we going to be doing? Well, um, so one major thing is uh, color purple. So purple is the domestic violence awareness uh, color um, nationally. So we are inviting people to wear wear purple um, just to show support. Um, all month or all like month. a specific day? Uh, all month. Um, uh, at IHC, we will be having, um, I heard that Shauna will be um, doing a challenge on the 13th. I don't know if I'm announcing it prematurely, but I know it'll probably be um, somewhat spread or you'll put it out there, right, on a, on a newsletter or something. I just heard it. Remotely. I'll let everybody know once I know for sure. But <laughs> yeah, sorry. So uh, Sh something Sh Shana like that. does the Friday challenges here. Yeah, so, so it'll be um, on a Friday. Yeah, um, so 13th is probably it. That's that's middle of the month. Yeah, so um, um, that's one. Um, 
Uh, and um, so we're also taking part in the One Thing campaign, uh, which is a, uh, what is it? The Domestic Violence Awareness Project <laughs> um, funded by the National Resource Center on Domestic Violence. Um, it was started in, started in 2018. And basically, it's a really simple campaign um, where the idea is that each person can do one thing and each and a collective of one things toward the end of domestic violence um, will lead to a social change like ending domestic violence. And so it's really easy, simple. You don't have to do you don't have to donate money. You know, you don't have to volunteer hours. Um, it would be good. But um, something as simple as like wearing purple. And if anybody asks you, like, why do you wear purple? Then you explain to them, well, I support survivors and victims of domestic violence you know it gets the word out it gets people educated on what is that and that it is a thing that happens and that we don't need to be ashamed of it or hide it but we can be educated what what does it look like what leads to it and how can someone who has suffered through it get out of it and 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 climb out of that right yeah yeah and you can wear purple on one day but if you wear purple multiple days like that that's going to draw people's attention. Like, hey, I was, you've been That's wearing different. that color like six <laughs> days in a row. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, just that's, I think, the key thing is to spark that conversation and not mm -hmm. be afraid, not to shy away from it. Um, <clears throat> just like the um, previous um, campaign, we are going to ask staff to um, tell us about what their one thing would be. If you were to do one thing to support um, the campaign, um, what would that action be or what, you know, how would you um, make that change in your life or what action would you take towards ending domestic violence? Um, I, so I'll, I'll be accepting and, and preparing um, different quotes from different staff members who, who bring them to my attention. And um, hopefully we can get some, some good uh, responses and, and post it. We want to share it. Um, it's be something that, It'll, we want to be proud that the staff here are taking action towards ending domestic violence. And we want to we want to share that with the community. Um, they can people who are interested in giving a quote can contact me. I'm at extension five three two six, and my email is jbautista at indianhealth.com. J b a u t i s t a. Um, yeah, I'll probably be wearing purple a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, and then we're gonna put ribbons up, and we're gonna just kind of display our our support um, around the the around the health center. Nice. Yeah, I was gonna say campus <laughs> around the health center. Yes. We call it that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> around the IHC. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. um, yeah, if you're interested, anybody is interested in getting training or learning more about um, how to support uh, survivors or victims, um, please get a hold of me. Um, if there are, um, we do a little bit of a plug. If anybody needs, if anybody needs to get rid of strollers, carriers, baby wraps, things like that, I do have some mothers um, that I'm I'm helping who have who multiple children and um, having like really young children and a baby is difficult when you're single. Uh -huh. So, you know, if if anybody has a like a wearable um, carrier yeah. um, for a, a baby and infant, um, I'm looking for one. Um, but multiple if you can spare that would be great too um and and um some clothes for boys under two okay yeah well if uh if you guys have any of that stuff make sure that you uh contact uh Jaira and uh and get it to her 
so that she can distribute it out and it yes. can go to helping people who need it. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. an easy way to help. Very easy. That's what your action for the month. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's fantastic. Nice. So real quick before yes. we wrap up. Sure. So uh, you're new here. <laughs> um, can you give us a little bit of the background of where you came from and how you ended up here? <laughs> um, so I came from Marietta. <laughs> um, I grew up in Marietta um, since I was in fifth grade. Um, and then went to Temecula for like sophomore and junior year of high school. Uh, shortly after, uh, moved to Guam. So I was living on Guam for like 10 years and, um, uh, serving the community and a DVSA, uh, uh, advocate and supporter there. Um, but, uh, kind of have a calling for, uh, I have a calling for the Native American population. I've always had one since I started learning about the atrocities that have happened mm-hmm. uh, and the hardships and everything. And so um, when this job opened up, I was like, oh, I think this is the time for me to come back and give back because I grew up here. I have friends who have uh, have affiliations with the tribal uh, the reservations here. Um, and so, yeah, I just thought it'd be uh, a good fit for me. And then to learn so much about, you know, how it is I can help and what, you know, just, just the culture. I, I'm, I myself, I'm Filipino, so I, is, I, I don't know much about the Native American other than the, what I've learned in school. I was in the same boat when I started here two years yeah. ago. I'm half Filipino. And, you know, there's a lot of similarities, you know, both conquered by the Spanish. Oh, yes. You know, that. so we've got a lot of uh, similarities. Historical in trauma. That, in that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's a, you know. Good people out here. Do you guys cook Filipino? Wait. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes. Like, my sister is. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward best. to to eating some. I heard some. There's um some good food out here too. So right. I, I'm interested in trying your guys' food. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, you know, the holidays, the the holidays yes. are coming up. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I bring some stuff in. I did bring some stuff in last year before you before you joined okay. the team. So you missed, <laughs> you missed out on on a little bit of uh, of the, the goodies that I brought in. So. Maybe ERC will have a potluck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very Filipino, Filipino food. <laughs> That's great. Uh, anything else you want to share um, before, before we no. sign out? Thank you for having me. Of course, um, yeah. No, you are always welcome to come in anytime <laughs> you've got stuff you need to share. Just let us know. Um, we love talking to our fellow staff members and, and sharing the programs that they've got going on here because that is what we're here for. Right? And I'm looking forward to our wellness workshops because oh, yeah. Jaira will be presenting yeah. over in uh, Santa Isabel and Paula this uh, October. So that starts already next week. I'm <laughs> excited. October, obviously, because of DV Awareness Month, I'm jam-packed. I've got trainings like every week and every Saturday. And then I have uh, outreaches lined up and presentations lined up and then all the youth lined up. So yeah, I'm excited, too. I'm nervous, um, <laughs> of course, but I'm looking forward to meeting everybody because I, I haven't really been out in the community. So yeah. mm-hmm. it'll be a great way for me to just kind of reach out and touch and then see what their needs are. If there is something out there, I think that's one of the things that I'd like to know. I, if there's anything out there that the community or the staff feel like is missing or that we can touch on or need to address um, that I haven't mentioned or that isn't really seen, um, let us know. Let me know, I guess, and we can try to uh, make it work. 
you know. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, again, uh, if you need to call into IHC, the number here is 760-749-1410. Gyro, your extension is? 5326. And Lisa, your extension? 5281. There we go. Um, and these ladies, I know they're they're fantastic and they will be happy to help you out with whatever uh, issue you've got or whatever concern or question you want to share with us. And uh, yeah, thank you for sitting down with us, Lisa. Thank you for joining me as my co-host today. <laughs> thank you. And, uh, thank you. My pleasure. <laughs> until next time, uh, Indian Health Council wishes you all very well and uh, be safe and healthy. Be safe. Yes. Thank you for listening to the What About Life podcast from Indian Health Council. Please take a moment and make sure you subscribe to the show so that you don't miss a single new episode. The views and opinions expressed by those interviewed on the What About Life podcast, including all program participants, are solely their own current opinions regarding events and are based on their own perspective and opinion. It is the opinion and perspective of the interviewees and the hosts. Such views, opinions, and or perspectives are intended to convey a life story or based on recollections about events in their lives on which conflicting memories may exist and are not intended to malign any individual, religion, ethnic group, or company. The views and opinions expressed do not reflect the views or opinions of Indian Health Council, Inc., or the companies with which any program participants, interviewees, are or may be affiliated. The What About Life podcast is a production of the Health Promotion Department at Indian Health Council and is funded through the Prevention and Early Intervention Program from the County of San Diego HHSA Mental Health Services Act. What About Life is produced and edited by David S. Dawson. This episode of What About Life is the copyright of Indian Health Council, Inc.